is Bloomberg Surveillance. Overall, what we see is a slow-growth world where the fast-growth markets are not growing as fast as they used to. I look at the banks, and sometimes it's hard to differentiate between a great large-cap versus a great small-cap bank on the financial side. I don't want to sit here and say we have a crystal ball and we know where the price of oil is going in the future. We just don't know. I mean, it can't fall forever, but we just don't know where it's going to go. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Bloomberg Surveillance, Michael McKee and Tom Keen. We are thrilled you're with us in this hour. Scott Galloway on Yahoo. They're out with important announcements. Mr. Galloway, Professor Galloway, has been way out front in criticism of the Yahoo shop. He will join us. We are honored to bring you Ann Dignan of J.P. Morgan. She will join us on the bombshell of John Deere. We saw that earlier uh, this morning. We'll get much more on that from Mr. Wilson uh, here in a moment. Our Forex Brief with Markets Moving. Our Forex Brief brought to you by Interactive Brokers, winner of FX Week's 2015 award for the best retail Forex trading platform. Visit IB at IBKR.com slash Forex. Some back and forth in the market and then CPI moves the market to two-year yield 0.75 and we see oil to 29.66 down a stick and 11. A dollar 11 yen, 112.88, stronger yen, not as ever strong as it was earlier, but nevertheless, stronger dollar strength gives way to fractional dollar weakness. Uh, in the last number of moments, hydrocarbon currencies adapt. Ruble, dollar ruble, 77.38, backs it up. We're watching cable. Caroline Hyde, very strong on cable and Brexit uh, today with surveillance on Bloomberg Television, 142.83 on cable as Prime Minister Cameron extends his stay in Brussels. Again, Ann Dignan to join us later in this half hour. She is definitive on John Deere. She needs a briefing right now from David Wilson. I assume you're going to start with those headlines, David, were stunning. Absolutely, Tom. I mean, and they've certainly had their effect on Deere's shares. They're down about three and a half percent in early trading. The world's largest maker of agricultural equipment reduced full year earnings and sales forecasts. The cuts reflect a worsening outlook for farmers who uh, face lower commodity prices and declining income. And you've also got shares of rival CNH Industrial lower. They're down about two and a half percent at the moment. VF's down 7.5%. This is a company that owns the North Face, Lee, and Wrangler clothing brands. Fourth quarter earnings and revenue failed to meet analyst average estimates in the Bloomberg survey. VF cited relatively warm weather and a stronger dollar along with what they called a softer consumer environment. And you certainly saw that at Nordstrom as well. I mean, the stock's down 8.5%. The largest U.S. luxury department store chain posting fiscal fourth quarter profit and revenue that trailed estimates. Nordstrom's earnings forecast for the current year was also lower than projections. On the other hand, Yahoo, the most active stock in early trading, up 2%. The Web Portal's board mm-hmm. formed a committee of independent directors to review strategic options and hired advisors. Yahoo said separating its 15% stake in China's Alibaba Group holding is a must to maximize value. Then Applied Materials has a gain of 8%. The largest maker of chip production equipment gave earnings and sales forecasts for this quarter that beat estimates. Two more. All right. Uh, how about Ameren? It's a utility, and it's yes. down 3.5% in early trading. Uh, they expect this year's profit to be $2.60 a share at best. Analysts were looking for two sixty nine on average. And there's a commodity tie-in here. Ameren citing a projected drop in electricity sales to Noranda Aluminum, its largest customer in Missouri. Yeah. Yep. And 
Floor, another company affected by what's going on in commodity markets, down 6.5% in early trading. The construction company's fourth quarter earnings and revenue dropped more than analysts expected, and that reflected lower demand from metals and mining companies. You are on the dark side today. You've got your Pink Floyd tie on today. It's dark side of the moon. The lunatic is in my head, Tom. It is David Gilmore. April 10th, David Gilmore of Pink Floyd at Radio City Music Hall. It's about the toughest ticket in town. It's selling for a gazillion dollars. A gazillion dollars? A gazillion dollars on, on StubHub. Of course, I'll tell you what else is a tough ticket. Bruce Springsteen's makeup show, March 28th, Madison Square Garden. His show, which was supposed to be January 27th, got snowed out. Oh, okay. Right. Very good. Let David, me, I will be let there. Me just, let me just there. note, for, for the record, that... Um, the the dead the the you know the the, the group that played the final uh, dead. dead concerts right. uh, with a few adjustments is also coming going on tour this summer they'll be at City Field with John Mayer on guitar with John Mayer on guitar uh, in, in place of Jerry who, Garcia who has yeah. gotten slugged a lot and Mr Mayer is actually very good yes he can really can play. I? Can I, Martin uh, Haggerty's going. Is this like a music show or what? Well, I gotta say, we are. Lu- we shouldn't diss him because we're lucky to get Martin Haggerty. We're lucky to get through to his desk. He yeah. is co-head of uh, BlackRock's inflation-linked bond portfolio. And Martin, there's inflation. All of a sudden, you've been sitting there waiting for years to sell your bonds, and now I'm sure the phone is ringing off the hook. CPI comes in hotter than expected. The doves are in trouble here. Um, I, I don't think the doves are in trouble uh, by any means as of yet, but this is a, a number. I would say this number is actually higher than we were expecting, but it is the trend that, that core CPI has been on for, for probably the better half of last year. Um, when you would have, have, have told somebody uh, 18 months ago that oil was going to go down $80 and the dollar was going to appreciate 15%, there weren't many people around who, who were agreeing with our view that core CPI was probably going to breach 2% and seems to have breached it quite convincingly on, on, the back, uh, at, at, on this report. What inflation statistic do you use? I mentioned earlier I adore the Cleveland CPI, which is a unique core calculation. What does a pro like Martin Haggerty use? You know, I think what what I've learned is you can't rely on one particular index. You you need to look at multiple different indices and and break down each index into multiple different formats. One of the the great things that that we like to do with you know today's CPI print is basically break it up into the low volatility components and the high volatility high vol components. So the low vol components are your slower moving things that that seem to get on trends and move in in that fashion for a, a reasonably prolonged period of time. And our low vol component of of core CPI today basically touched 2.78 percent. Um, the high vol components was, have actually picked up aggressively in the last couple of months. And these tend to be more driven by, you know, dollar strength weakness over on a month over month basis, uh, the spillover from commodity prices, definitely the, the far more volatile components. But the, the, the trajectory of the low vol components, which is, you know, the shelter, medical care, et cetera, have been what has, has kept us reasonably constructive on, right. on U.S. CPI up until this point. How does rent and housing calculations, I think most of our listeners understand the oddity and the overweight there. How do you filter in real estate dynamics in the United States into the calculation of inflation? Well, that's when it's worthwhile comparing different CPI indices with each other. If you look at the contribution of shelter 
to CPI, as you said, it is a large contribution. Uh, but CPI is what the tips in tips securities actually price off, so we have to pay close attention to that. But then comparing it to the PCE calculation, which has basically half of the contribution of housing, which is the Fed's preferred measure, helps put it all into context. And, um, you know, just, just maintaining, uh, looking at, you mentioned the, the, the Cleveland Fed, there are other Fed median indices that, that give you a pretty good indication as to the CPI basket as a whole. And just stripping out shelter, you know, there has been a, a lot of talk about how shelter has been such a substantial driver of CPI. What's interesting with this report um, is that when looking at this CPI print on an ex-shelter basis, the upturn appears to be fairly widespread, which I think will give some members of the FOMC who have been concerned about inflation, and many have talked about inflation ex-shelter, it will give them a, a little yeah. bit more comfort in their decision to, to lift off in December. Well, you've got a, a number of people uh, in the markets. I mean, certainly not the majority, but you do have a number of people who have been saying recently that markets may be way underestimating the potential for inflation to accelerate and therefore the Fed to react this year. I think you're right. And the inflation market itself is pricing in a very, very benign trajectory. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit last time when, when I spoke to you guys. But, you know, what we like to do is to split up the inflation curve into various one-year components or increments and, and look what inflation run rate mm -hmm. is priced in for these different periods. And looking at the inflation run rate that the market is pricing in between 2017 and 2018, um, it's basically pricing in an ex-energy CPI rate of about 60 basis points. So how we do that is we take the slope of the gasoline curve and extract it from the inflation run rate priced by the market to get an ex-energy rate. So right. with that being at 60 basis points, relative to today's core print of 2.2 is really, really quite quite a widespread and something that we yeah. have not seen in a very, very long time. There, and well, to me... We're going to have to, sorry, Martin, we're going to have to leave yep. it there because of the time, but that last insight was very valuable on taking the gasoline uh, segment out of inflation to get a core dynamic of 60 basis points, six-tenths of a percentage point. Uh, we've got a loaded schedule, folks. With us, Martin Haggerty, thank you so much. So much with Black uh, Rock. There's so much we going could, on. We could have done yeah. it two, three hours with Martin. We, we could do a, we could do an hour with Martin and move right on to Scott Galloway on Yahoo and critically coming up, Ann Dignan of J.P. Morgan on Deer. Let's bring in Michael Barr now with the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. A private service is scheduled to begin in about a half an hour for Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. A casket carrying Scalia's body will lie in repose in the court's great hall. After the private service, the casket will be on display to the public starting at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Among the thousands of mourners who will pay their respects today are President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama. A funeral mass will be held tomorrow. U.S. warplanes have struck multiple targets in Libya overnight, hitting an Islamic State training camp and a senior extremist leader. According to a U.S. defense official, the airstrikes at the training camp were close to the Tunisian border. French President Francois Hollande has drafted a bill that would allow businesses to increase workers' hours above the 35-hour cap and ease firing rules. 
Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. Now, Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? And Michael Barr, uh, worth watching, oil under 30, 29.70 the barrel. Scott Galloway and Dignan in this hour, next. Market Drivers brought to you by your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State Dealer. When it comes to winter elements, put your best four wheels forward with Mercedes-Benz 4 all-wheel drive. Visit your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State Dealer for a test drive today.